In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. The first reading at Mass this weekend comes from a book that might be a bit unfamiliar, the second book of Chronicles. First and Second Chronicles immediately follow First and Second Kings in the Old Testament, and with good reason. The two books of Chronicles take the stories told in First and Second Kings, stories about Samuel and Saul, David and Solomon, and they recast them from a different perspective. Our first reading is taken from the very last chapter of the second book of Chronicles. After sharing many stories of Kings David and Solomon in the preceding chapters, our reading tells us that all the princes of Judah, the priests, and the people added infidelity to infidelity. They turn away from the Lord. The Lord even sent messengers, that is, the prophets, to wake them up, but to them they didn't listen. What's the consequence of all this? Well, our first reading describes what's already been discussed on this program and will continue to make allusion to in the years to come. The Babylonian Captivity. But here's something to zero in on. The author says that the Babylonian captivity, that moment when the Israelites were forced out of their land and lived in exile around 600 BC, was to fulfill something that the prophet Jeremiah said. The quote is given in the text. Until the land has retrieved its lost Sabbaths, during all the time it lies waste, it shall have rest, while seventy years are fulfilled. What's going on with this quote? Helpful to understand it is the fact that at the time, every seventh year was considered a Sabbath year. This meant that farmers could not till or work their land, but rather afforded it the chance to rest. This had practical application, giving the land time to regenerate, improves it for future harvest, but it also had a spiritual purpose. The land ultimately belongs to God, and allowing it to experience a time of Sabbath acknowledges that. So Jeremiah's quote is saying this, Since the exiles have left their farmland, and it's not being used at all, it's as if the land is retrieving its lost Sabbaths because of the unfaithfulness of the people. And once it has retrieved all of its lost Sabbaths, the exile then will end. Which is exactly what we see at the end of the reading, which speaks of King Cyrus allowing the Israelites to return to Jerusalem. It's quite likely that excerpts of our second reading were actually an ancient Christian hymn that St. Paul includes in his letter to the Ephesians. Even as you'll hear it at Mass, it sounds a bit like a song or maybe even a statement of belief. God, who is rich in mercy, brought us to life with Christ raised us up, and seated us in the ages to come. But like someone interrupting song lyrics to explain the meaning, we find Paul adding several sort of interjections in the text. By grace you have been saved, and later on, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you, it is the gift of God. St. Paul is likely inserting a well-known hymn or creedal statement here, but then he's adding his own commentary to it. This weekend's gospel contains perhaps the most famous single verse in all of Scripture. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. The context for the gospel is a conversation between Jesus and a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And as Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, he makes reference to something that occurred when Moses and the Israelites wandered the desert. As you may remember, they began to complain in the desert. We are disgusted with this wretched food. As a result of their whining, serpents appear that cause many of the Israelites to die. In response, the Lord God says to Moses, Look, make a snake out of bronze and place it on a pole. 
If someone looks at this pole after being bitten by a snake, he or she will recover. That's exactly what happened. Jesus is taking this story and saying that just as the Israelites once looked upon the serpent and recovered, so too will he be lifted up as a source of healing for all. But there's a double meaning here. The Greek word used is hupso'o, which can mean both literally lift up, but also exalt. So it's an intentional wordplay. Jesus will be literally lifted up on the cross, but he will also be exalted on that same cross. As the gospel excerpt continues, we run up against a biblical problem that we've encountered previously. Ancient manuscripts did not include quotation marks. Therefore, we're unsure when Jesus stopped speaking and when St. John added in his own words. For example, our gospel at Mass puts verse 16 and onward out of quotation marks. But it very well could be the case that Jesus said the famous verse of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whether the words were intended to be a direct quote of Jesus or not, they're still inspired, given to us in the scripture as we have it today. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Sunday, the fourth Sunday in Lent of year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.